frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield dynamo and average actor. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Welcome to Football Daft, this is the Dafty Scottish Football Podcast around and let's welcome the team first is a man who, well, told, I would slightly explain yourself, how are you feeling my man, how's life, how you know are you? Do you know what mate, I've been on the phone with the police and mm-hmm. Nicholas Sturgeon since Sunday afternoon <laughs> trying, to, trying to get as many of you bastards behind the fucking, behind bars as I can. Is that why Bob's no here today? Is he in the no, no, actually, it's just it's a pure coincidence. He's actually away for an interview for the Good Morning Britain job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he was away filming River City. He's away in River... Didn't shoot into River City? But he's not. Uh, he's down no, south. He's right. no, and plus, he's remember he's a Celtic fan in River City. So. Oh, that's right. His hero is uh, Henry Larson, isn't it? I remember that's watching right. that back in the day and always thinking <laughs> that he was a Celtic fan. Anyway, so how did you find out uh, that the Rangers became the champions at the weekend? Well, I'm going to tell you a story, right? We're back filming for ICW, you know, right? So we're in the, the, uh, the venue. It comes time for my part on the show. Paul comes out with his new, his new protege, Saki Bali. That sounds good, that, by the way. Walked down to the ring. Mm-hmm. Saki gets into the ring, starts his match. So we're a good five minutes into the match. The next thing, referee Sean McLaughlin lets out a fucking roar in the, middle of the, in the middle of the match. Lets out a roar. Right, now, see if there's any person that I don't want to be with. When Rangers win the league, it's fucking Sean McLaughlin. Do you know what I mean? You see, what, an archetypal died in the wool blue nose, as big a Rangers fan as you'll ever meet. A great guy, by the way. I have to admit, a great guy. But Good ref. if I if I could have chose anybody, I would I would have took I would I would have took any other referee on the planet. I'd have, I'd have took fucking Willie Collum. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I so that was that was how right. I found out. That was the question I've got to ask you though, uh, Chris, is yes. how does Sean know that Rangers are in the league in the middle of wrestling? Because the, ref- a wrestling the, ref- match? the referees have got earpieces. Oh, right, right. Oh, was, he, oh, was he actually in the ring? Aye, he was in the ring. Aye, when it happened, man. But it's uh, do you know what? It's he's have waited a long time for it, so I've got to take my medicine. I I dash it out. So mm-hmm. I've got to take it, and you know, fair enough. I, I, there's, I've, I don't have any problems with taking a wee bit of that. No. Just a, a day, a day away at some point in this interview, or should I say, this podcast for you to go full Moonhole and Sevco. Well, do you know what? We've, we've got Peter Grant coming on, so me and Peter might end up fucking having a wee, a wee Tim bash while you're, <laughs> while you're sitting in the corner. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, do you know what, Toe? That's that's that was the idea that me and John had for this week's guest before. The Rangers have won the league. We'll, we'll soften the blow for the wee man and bring on Wanny's heroes. <laughs> but we need to find out. We need to find out. Was Peter Grant one of the players that used to buy you sweeties and John Menzies back in the day when you followed the Celtic run about I'll, Europe? That's I'll, the, tell you, I'll tell you something, mate. Not only that, I've known Peter for years, but... His wife's, oh, actually, his wife's actually a good family friend of ours. Obviously. I've known Lorraine since I was, <laughs> I was knee, when I was knee-high to myself. 
That's how long I've known Lorraine. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. What did you make of the old Celtic tweet of the weekend? Or should I say it was actually a couple of days ago? When did you make of that? I, I, I thought it was I, a parody I, account too. I've got to admit, I had to do my yeah, double check and I thought, surely no. I know, I know, I know exactly what you mean. My problem with it is they've done it at the wrong time, right? Um, they've also, the reason that they've done it at the wrong time is because they claim to be not half of anything when they've just fucking renewed the, the copyright for old firm. So make your mind up. They're saying one thing behind closed doors and then they're coming out and it, it reeks in me to me a double standards and also trying to take the fans for idiots but then does it appeal to you know is it kind of because i've seen that i mean dominic diamond who's who's on twitter he's writing about it loving it going this is the best thing celtic i've seen all season i'm going well it has all been happy happy birthday messages all week uh, all year do you know what i mean but by the way he's at dominic diamond's a balaclava half going to jail do you know what i mean so <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave dominic's comments out yet but I, I can see why people would, would attach themselves to it. You know, we've had a terrible season. The, the club hasn't done anything that the fans have asked them to do. And, you know, it's just, there'll, there'll be people grab, grabbing onto it just right. because that it's something to grab onto, to be honest with you. I, what I'm looking forward to, see all of this tip for tap pish that's going on now. See once the stadium's open again, it's going to be fucking bedlam. Oh, it's going to be bedlam once wow. once it starts up again. I cannot wait, honestly. Hey, I know a bit. You're saying bedlam between Rangers and Celtic, but I don't even think. I mean, I, I think pre-season friendlies. If we if we I get mean, to, it's going to be carnage. I there'll be fucking flares at uh, mm-hmm. Rangers reserves versus Albion Rovers. <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, it, it's I'm I really am looking forward to. It. I think once it comes back, everybody's going to have their appetite back for Scottish football. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to get a ticket for a game, and that's the truth. You know, like even ev- every team, every see that first game where the stadiums are open back. Can you imagine every stadium in Scotland is going to be packed, mm-hmm. and it, it's go- eventually it's going to it's going to have good a good impact on Scottish football. I just hope we can get there sooner rather than later. We'll uh, get to talk about Aberdeen later on. We'll have uh, Paul Harper, I believe, is going to be coming on the open line. Is that right, John? Yeah, that's uh, right. And Pure Radio host, you might have heard him in back today in Real Radio. I, I actually hosted Football Daft for him. Um, and between you and leaving and you coming in, uh, he's always good to find out how he feels about the Dons. Uh, Derek McInnes leaving the club. What do you think about that, mate? Uh, Favourites include got... Stephen Glass and Maloney. Right. See if Sean Maloney's getting named for Aberdeen. There's definitely... Uh, some truth to the link with Celtic, I think. But I've got a theory about Derek McInnes, and do you know what? I'm going to leave it until we speak to Paul uh, later on in the show, and I'll tell you exactly what I think. John Husney um, wrote this down. He usually puts down notes for the biggest things that have happened in Scottish football. Um, you've actually missed something there, John, because it was announced just 48 hours ago, Ricky Little, uh, start of Arbroath. <laughs> the Arbroath FC captain has been given a two-year deal with Arbroath, and that's going to take him to a total of 10 years at the Smokies. So That's a, a, that's good, a testimonial. That's a testimonial. That's the first thing I says, and they're asking yeah. me if I'm going to come. Yeah, you'll get to play in it. I want a game. I want a game. I want a game. So big shout out to my good friend, uh, Richard Little, who is no doubt going to go down as one of... Abrov's greatest ever legends. Any any thoughts, though? Well, you know something. See, for somebody that's got such a close friend in Ricky Little, 
How the fuck has he never been on this show, Gredo? I think you have tried to get him as a... Ricky's not that kind of guy. He's too professional, man. He's got... He, he definitely... He's, he's too professional for, for all this kind of care. This is... This is so? Aye, aye. Ah, come on. I don't know. Do you know what? I'll give him a wee... I'll give him a wee message. Might get him on again next Did week. you not try and get him on before? I did, but uh, Dick Campbell put the kibosh on it. Because they, they get hammered after somebody the weekend that he was supposed to be coming on and Dick Campbell's read them the riot act. Telling them that they all think they're prima donnas, they all think they're this or that, and the next Brilliant. thing, and he's like, "If I go on a podcast, I'm going to get used to it, Mars." So, aye, aye, yeah. But do you know what? Never say never, Gredo. Never say tidy, never. tidy. I look forward to that day. So, uh, more football chat, no doubt, on the open line, on the open line later on. And the big question this week is: We ask you, what's your greatest ever footballing achievement? And our big guest this week is a man that's loved by Celtic supporters all over the world. And others just love to hate him. It's the Hoops legend himself, Mr. Peter Grant. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Football daft, it wouldn't be possible without our great sponsors, G4 Claims, and who else to get on the show to talk about G4 Claims? It's the top cheese for the company herself, Nicole. Nicole, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Oh, we are superb. I have been good. Good. <laughs> Tools had a hard week. Tools had a hard week. But listen, we're looking for some advice on why we should go to G4 Claims if I've ever been involved in an accident. Brilliant, guys. Well, do you know what? I've actually got a wee example for you this week. Ooh. So I got a customer from Football Daft. Obviously, no names given, protecting everybody here. But someone had actually been listening to us on the road. They gave us a wee phone. They actually had been involved in an incident with a pothole um, and decided, you know what, I'm going to give them my phone and ask the question. It was about 7pm at night. He phoned me on my mobile. I took the guy's call. I went through everything with him and he's actually managed to have his car all fixed and returned back to him in less than a week. The guy is delighted with the service and he heard about us on Football Daft. So, like I say, every single week, um, know that not everybody's listening, but I say it every week anyway. If you've been involved in any sort of accident, please phone us first because if I can help you, I 100% will. And I'll answer the phone at any time to get you back in the road and make sure you're looked after. So please look us up. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. If you're involved in an accident, give us a phone. I can help you. I can point you in the right direction if I can't. We can provide you with a like-for-like replacement vehicle if your car's off the road. We can get your car recovered if you're at the roadside. roadside. Um, We can get your car repaired and approved if it's a repair. Or if your car's written off, we'll get the money back for your pre-accident value that you're happy with. And make sure that you're totally, totally looked after. And the best part is my services to you are totally free. We bill everything to the person's insurance who's at fault for the accident. So go for it, guys. Look us up. Phone us, 01698 767 172. It's Nicole, it's G4 Claims, and it's not at fault claims. They're made easy. Made easy. Yay. There we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Football Daft Open Line. This is the Open Line where anything goes, of course. Um, ask the questions. Who should be Aberdeen's next manager? Um, can Rangers go unbeaten this season, Grado? Well, it's, an, it's another challenge for us, isn't it? We've kind of 
You won't be asking that question after the 21st of March. There you go. All right, here we go. A big question you've got to ask is, is there a difference between a carpenter and a joiner? Who knows? That's a, do you know what? That is a good question. It is a good I've, question. I've always wondered that. There we go. Well, you can ask that on the... Uh, and what's a blacksmith? Way. What's a blacksmith? He does metal. Jesus was a carpenter, of course, not a joiner. So, you know, there you go. Anyway, but we'll, we'll, we'll maybe get to that. Uh, as usual, we have our panel of football experts, as you heard there. We have Graham Goody and Chris Dale Hunt. We're missing Stephen Keevans this week. Uh, let's go to our first caller, who's on to talk about Aberdeen. He's actually been on Football Dad before hosting the show. He was a host? It is Pure Radio's Paul Harper. Oh, oh hello there. So, uh, Paul's on to talk about Aberdeen, obviously, in the search for a new manager. Paul, what have you made of the whole Derek McInnes situation? Who do you want? So, I, I wanted him to go a couple of years ago. Um, and this has divided the support for a long time. It felt like time was up. But when's the last time a football manager ever left a club? And it was perfectly harmonious. It never happens. Um, but it did feel like that was the time. But they gave him this new, I think it was a three-year deal. Um, and it's just not been, like we've got to cup finals and things and things have been sort of restored back to respectable. But And I know we came up against the hardest Celtic team and Rangers weren't in the league and Hearts weren't in the league for a lot of the, the time that Aberdeen were doing better. But it was time for a change. It's... I've got a theory on this. Uh-huh. I think he's been sounded out about the Scotland job, and I think uh, Clark. Clark's, going to, I think Clark's going to Celtic. Well, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. I, I mean, the first thing that pops into my mind is the the story that's in the press today that uh, Stephen Presley has thrown his hat into the ring for the Aberdeen job. Did you see that? I was fucking throwing it straight back out. <laughs> Well, it was funny because Aye. Jamie Langfield quote tweeted it, and it was like he says, "Well, if that's the case, I'm throwing my bonnet in, I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, thank you. Look, uh, no, we do not want the brand Presley anywhere near um, Aberdeen. You know, there's some funny stuff going on. Have you guys heard of? Have you heard of Ross Nicholson, who's ten to one on Skybet? So, is this a geezer? You'll probably be able to explain to us, but he's just our punter and his pals have kind of got him uh, to the, the bookies chart. Is this right. a deal? They made a, they, they made a Wikipedia page for their, <laughs> and they put him that he was a, his current team is called Disney Exist. <laughs> and um, Skybet saw it and made them 10 to 1. He's tied with Paul Hartley, Alec <laughs> McLeish, and Paul Sheeran. I'm sure, right? Without- like, McLeish is a great shout for Aberdeen, I think. Well, do you know what? I was thinking that as well. I was thinking that as well. But, I mean, how, how does, as an Aberdeen fan, I know quite a lot of times if, if players wind up at Rangers, a lot of Aberdeen fans kind of take that. But surely with Alex McLeish, that's not the, the case, is it? I actually, if you were to say Alex McLeish, I, wouldn't, I didn't even think of Rangers there at all. Right, there you go. All I thought was, like, see when you have club legends, they can go terribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Mark McGee, man. What a disaster. The guy was an amazing footballer for Aberdeen, uh, you know, part of that 83 side pinged in the cross. But, man, is that guy a bitter prick. (laughs) (laughs) And he started it wrong by when he arrived at Aberdeen. The first thing he said was, oh, well, I didn't get the Celtic job, so, Hmm. 
you know. Uh, Alec McLeish. No, I, I, Grado, honestly, I wouldn't even think of Rangers when you mention Alec McLeish. I think Scotland. That, that, that just makes me even more embarrassed, embarrassed about what I said to him that night at some kind of charity do. And oh, fuck, and I think about it now, I, I totally wince, man. I what did you say? All right, all right, all right, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you go, man. Uh, hey, okay, okay, clang. Do you know what I mean? But he, 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 sure, that was gone like that time we were talking about the, the results and the fact by the Scottish. I think Aberdeen won, and I'm going, don't self, you don't still look out for the Aberdeen results, do you? And he was like, of course I do. And I, I just you know that way I thought, of course he fucking looks for Aberdeen's results. Do you know what I mean? And I just felt like daft, man. <laughs> you know who I'm, uh, I'm not totally against? Because I think it would be exciting. But I know that... I'm just gonna say it, Neil Lennon. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. No way, you want Lennon. Listen, listen, you don't want him anywhere near your club. I'm fucking telling you that right now. Look what he done with Hibs. Did he? Did he do well with Hibs? I can't fucking remember, did he? I got him promoted, didn't he? But uh, look what happened after it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you can't get a Aberdeen promoter. Well, that's <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. You can't, but you know, I, listen. I think that Lennon would—he's um, one of these ones, right? That you all hate when he's not with you. And I imagine it's like all those players, like Paul Hartley, man. See the abuse that we used to give Paul Hartley or Willow Flood or any of these, and then they come and play for you, and all of a sudden, you know, we're rocking. But with Lennon, I think there'd be a, you know, he did. Hibs were were great. Uh, he did a lot of good with Hibs. Then of course he called them all pricks and uh, slagged <laughs> off Leanne Dempster. And you know, did he not have a square goal with? Was it Camberry? Cam- Camberry. Is that who you had? Right. He's now at Aberdeen. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I well, that probably rules New Lennon. So you're, job, you're saying New Lennon for Aberdeen then, Paul? Yeah. No, I'm just saying I wouldn't be totally against it. Mm. Right, okay. What about, what about some of these managers that are doing well in the SPL? The new like so you're. Uh, How about Martindale? Martindale, and you've got Jim Goodwin as well. Jim Goodwin. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the chat is with Martindale. I, I, I've met him. Me and John have been over at Livingston and had a kickabout with him and. Um, I like him, but I think there's a bit too much, you know, going around around about him. Ah, come on, that's no fair, uh, is it? Allegedly. No, but no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just saying that it's like, they're still, are they not still doing a, a is he fit and proper thing right oh, now? Oh, that's that. past. past, past. past. Oh, well, thank you. Listen, we've got him on the show next week. I'm going to tell him about you. You'll be at your door. <laughs> well, but... <laughs> the first words out of my mouth were he's a good he's a good guy, eh, John? They were so the day we went to Livingston was yeah. tremendous. Yeah, no, uh, listen, don't don't try to backtrack, right? You, we know That's what you said. On tape. <laughs> what, about, what, about, what about Robinson? Stephen Robinson? No thanks. No. Jim Goodwin. Um uh, if, if you're taking anyone. Right. Jim Goodwin. So who, who, right, so who would be your if you could have anybody you know like, realistically, who would you who would you go for? He's wanting Len. I don't know. The, I, don't I think, know. I think he, he starts at the seeds well and truly planted in him. He, he's, he's he, want, he want Neil Lennon with Scott Brownies. He's an assistant and John Kennedy is the bookman because I can make it happen. <laughs> Here's my question. And we, we've been, all been talking about this in the um, in the group chats. So um, the, 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 the big chat was always, oh, look, if you don't want Derek McInnes, who do you want? I don't have my heart set 100% on anyone. Like... <sighs> It's such a it's such a big appointment because we've got the new chairman, uh, who is clearly more hands on than Stuart Milne. Uh, 
And there, there's a lot of chat about how Stuart Milne and Derek McInnes were best pals. You know, McInnes was able to do anything he wanted at the club. And when um, Milne left and Dave Cormack came in, the Aberdeen billionaire, who, by the way, actually is a billionaire, um, he's been more hands-on and he's made lots of different changes. And, you know, the, he gave Derek McInnes backing at Christmas to, to make lots of signings. It's not worked out. We are on a terrible run. Should he have been given more time? I don't think so. This is the chat that's been dividing Aberdeen fans for years. All right, if it's not him, who do you want? Do you not remember the Mark McGee years? I, I, I honestly would take just some more exciting football because at the moment it's boring. McInnes ran out of ideas. I said, I'm in exactly the same boat as you, Paul, because I just want something fresh and new at my club. And that's, that seems to be what, what, you're, what you're alluding to there just now. You want something fresh. You want something exciting. Yeah. But is there a fear, Paul, that you're not going to get anybody as good as what McInnes was, even though you weren't getting the results that you wanted, you were getting fed up watching his football? But is there that fear, obviously? Oh, there must be. You can't say that there's not anyone in the world that can't do better than what we've been doing. But this is like eight years. Eight years is too long for anyone to play as a manager in Scotland, I think. Aye. Aye. Do you know what I mean? Do. Eight years in any job. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, right. What about this Who's this billionaire? Does he fancy setting up a wrestling company with? <laughs> Tony Khan, man. Come on, what's hey. his name? Dave Cormack. He's, he's, Dave Corm- and he, he, um... Is he on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> get, him, get him on LinkedIn. <laughs> Bro, no, but listen, what's happening with the stadium and stuff? Uh, um, is the stadium still going ahead? Or... And I've so, got one question as well, by the way, after you finish that. No, so you know they built the training ground already. Um, which is called Cormac Park. So before Dave Cormac became the chairman, he'd done it in a few million quid. And um, he's definitely got- up for running a wrestling company. He's a big mark for himself if he's naming fucking uh, training grounds after himself. There you go. I want an on the ground floor, Gredo. <laughs> the first uh, promotion needs to be in Aberdeen. Like a beach ballroom or something. Beach oh, ballroom, no, no, my favourite venue. Can he make that? No, that's WrestleZone's. Uh, that's WrestleZone's. You don't want to step near toes. Don't want to step in WrestleZone's toes. So we'll do Inverness or something. I hope um, they do the new stadium uh, closer to the beach. There was a lot of talk recently that the city actually want to give up some land because a bunch of hotels and things closed down right by Cadona's, like down where the buses park when you're coming up for a away game. So there might be a chance that they can build a new ground there. How, um, we've got a few Rangers fans that listen to this podcast. They'll probably be interested on your opinions of Ross McCrory's season at Aberdeen. How has he coped? Not Always the question that you're going to ask. What is it? Yeah. Shit. He's good. I like him. He is good. Yeah. But he's gone off the boil, right? Even, like, I, I couldn't believe that um, we managed to... What did we do? Rangers effectively cancelled the payment for... You got Scott Wright. Mm-hmm. And effectively, it worked out as a swap or something. Aberdeen were owed money, owed Rangers money for Ross McCrory, two or three hundred thousand for developmental fees or something. And Aberdeen and Rangers just came to a deal where it was like, okay, no money swaps right now if you get Scott right before. So is he is he now officially an Aberdeen player? I, I think I have the January. I think that was part of the deal. The loan's oh, finished. Right. An Aberdeen player. Well, I, now. That means I can like him now, right? That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, Paul, thank you very much for coming on the open line today and giving your thoughts on Aberdeen. Um, you can catch Paul on the wireless, Pure Radio, one of our uh, Grado's rivals, um, yeah. every day. Wait, Grado, what do you think about Pure Radio? <laughs> 
<laughs> he's not. I'm not saying nothing because he'll end up dubbing me in some f- thing. <laughs> but I'm saying nothing, man. <laughs> cool. Right. Thanks for coming on, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Um, let's move on to our next uh, core on the open line. It is Ricky who is on to plug something he is doing with uh, McMillan called the sessions. Ricky, welcome to the open line. What are you on to say, my friend? Cheers, John. Uh, just want to talk about the Macmillan Cancer Support Weekend that we've got going on on In Your Ears Radio this weekend. So over the 13th and 14th of March, we've got a load of acoustic sessions coming on. There's a, a sort of live Zoom party on a Saturday night where people can do this sort of thing, get smashed and have a laugh. And then on a Sunday night, there's going to be a quiz as well. And uh, it's all in aid of Macmillan Cancer Support, so you can donate via a link on the In Your Ears Radio uh, in your ears, music Twitter page. Brilliant. So, what is it? Is it a, is it a whole weekend sort of ideal idea thing? Aye, aye. We've got a load of bands in that have uh, they've all sent their acoustic sets in, and it's going to be for twelve o'clock on Saturday, and then ten o'clock in the morning Sunday, and it's just going to go all day. Brilliant. Brilliant. And and I take it it's just a matter of folk listening in at the time, donating and stuff like that. Is there a link? Aye, that's what it is. Uh, you just get folk to listen into the station. It's an online station, so that's inyourearsmusic.com. Right. Or if you look at their Twitter or their Facebook or that, there's an app you can download to listen to as well. Brilliant. Well, what we do, um, we'll put that up on our social media channels. Ricky, uh, you're a football man. Who do you support? I'm a Celtic fan, so I was yeah. going to Oh, did you see you? How are you? I'm fucking beauty. Where's Bob? Oh, oh he's, he's, he's flying flag he's, and he's shield in today. He's away flying for joining. He's away playing for George Square. <laughs> 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 it's not um, the cover for George Square. Who do you want is the ma- next manager, Ricky? That's what we're asking every single support that comes on. I would like Eddie Howe. I think he's got a good rep mm-hmm. and he's going to bring through the youngsters and uh, develop a squad. Yes. It's not a quick fix, yes. but I do think he can take on a project and build it for there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Well, listen, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that and um, we'll make sure we're listening. And Glas Vegas are involved as well, Ricky, aren't they? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, Glas Vegas are on my set. They're uh, on Sunday between two and four. I've got them along with quite a lot of other guys, mainly Scottish actors on my set. That's so PG Charlotte's on there, Paulo. Uh, who else? I can't remember off the top of my head. What yeah. about the Heights? Are they knowing it, no? Heights aren't they on it, no? I was supposed to Heights, I thought I was getting touch with you, to be honest with you. Oh, no. I thought you've had heights on. I might as well give you a shout to see if you know he's always into music. Absolutely, music, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, mate. I'm, and I, and I love. Is is there will be loads of covers? Aye, there is. There's good load of covers. So check you, know, you know what you should. You know what you should do after it if the bands give you uh, permission. See Aye. the cover. The cover versions that you they do. You should put them together and put them onto an album and punt it for McMillan. That's a great idea. I'm going to suggest that to the, the gaffer. There you go. And uh, a request. Well, well, acoustic versions. Could that be? No. Aye. 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 We've got over 60 sets over the weekend, so it's just pretty massive. Brilliant. Well, that's exciting, mate. That's good. Can, that's a great cause, man. You could do six volumes. <laughs> Aye. Maybe we'll have eradicated cancer by the end of this, my man. <laughs> 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 we'll check out In Your Ears Radio this weekend and uh, support Ricky and the team over there. Ricky, thanks for coming on the open line, pal. No worries. Thanks for having me. All the best, Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. that weekend, man. Here's my man. Cheers, boys. Bye-bye. See you later. Here's my man. And let's go on to our final caller on the open line. Today it is Craig, who's a Rangers supporter. Yeah. There we go. There we go. What's happening, boys? Tidy. What are you saying to you, Biggin? 
Ah, not much, mate. How's things? As I say, having a great week. Aye. Top of the world, loving life. Any better, can it? No, brilliant. Magic, mate. Loving every minute of life. Aye. Aye. Too sick. <laughs> Too sick. But I'm... that selling tapon still. Aye. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, what do you want to say on the open line this week? Eh, uh, just just a question for Gradle because I thought Stevie would be on, but Madwit still. Eh, uh, think the night Rangers think we'll get brought back down to earth a wee bit tonight. Well, here that's what I'm worried about, right? Because I don't know if I said this in Rangers staff, but our fan base have get we're quite bad for. I can if we drop points tonight or we don't play as good as we, we probably should. I look, I'm I'm fearing Aye, case. Good, I good, good luck, good luck, and, good luck in dropping points in the Europa League. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Fuck's sake, though. But um, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I can I can see everybody turning around and saying they shouldn't have drank two times at the weekend. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But. By the, the way, it was a hell of a session that they had done. All by the way, see the Nicky McGregor and. Well, Jack's known the squad tonight, I don't think, but sometimes you wonder as well, quite a lot of them must be T-total, but... Uh, oh, uh, didn't, it, didn't he fucking look like it? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I was trying to look at the cans, man, I'm like, is that, what, is that, is that is light it, made or fucking... There ain't any of the Beck's non-alcohol ones in there. Aye. <laughs> so, I don't know, but the, the, good, the good thing about the night is, it's, I think we just get to enjoy it. Uh, I mean? yeah, I'll tell you what, it's not often this happens. I want Rangers to win. I wow, really do. Wow, here we go, man. Right, now, I'll, no, I'll tell you for why, right? Gee whiz. Right, because <laughs> see, if, see if Rangers get through this round, right, and the two Ukrainian mobs struggle, the season after next, Scotland gets an automatic group place in the Champions League. So it does. So uh, the co- for purely for the coefficient reasons, because I know Celtic are going to win the league next season. They'll go, <laughs> go straight into the Champions League group stages. He's like I'd laugh to win, man. <laughs> so I think I honestly think we'll go on day five in our own. Uh, I'm saying so. six. I, I I don't think you know what? Are. I'll be honest with you. I think this is your Leicester season. I think Celtic will go on another run after this season. Think so? Aye, I do. Well, we will wait and see. Love the confidence. Love the confidence. But see the night, as I said, there's the... Just just lie right to your face. (laughs) (laughs) I think the night, it's a matter of that, like, obviously in in the last game, that that fucking horrible first half we had where Tav was getting injured and stuff like that, and you're going, oh man, it's Europa League. But we're kind of, I don't know, there's just less pressure on it, hopefully it'll be. And I think, by the way, after that weekend when they were all mad with it, it's a bit better game than to get right back into it than a Europa League game so I think it's game at the right time for them anyway Craig all the best Biggie and I hope you enjoy cheers lads take care take care cheers, my Craig best. speak to you soon cheers later boys bye bye see you later Craig thanks for coming on mate and that's it for this week's open line if you want to be on next week dead easy to do that just jump on our twitters at football daft pod or you can get us on our patreon patreon.com forward slash football daft football daft big question whether it's taking Stennis Muir to the Champions League and football manager or winning player of the year for the under-12s at North Bromwich Colts, this week we thought we'd ask, what is your greatest footballing achievement? Now, 
me and Bob, you must get fed up with it till we talk about playing in that game at Ibrox, March 2018. Oh, did you play at Ibrox, mate? We, we did, we did. Um, as I say, I think folk maybe are getting pissed off listening to us talk about it, but I do want it. Apparently, John says I've spoken to this before, but I would say up there we're playing at Ibrox. I played at the very, very last game at Coening Rangers, Abbey Park, Buffs Park. Um, I did play for a sort of, it was a kind of Rangers v Celtic charity do. And in the last five minutes, you bear in mind that the amount of stuff I saw at that part, if we can, we can recoup anytime Rangers were playing Mate, away. You're, tre- you're treading the fucking hallowed ground that Jerry Polini played on. Correct, now. correct. Jerry, Jerry, the other legends, Tommy Sloan, well, he's at Talbot now, so I don't see him as much as a, a legend as what I did. You've got Rusty Hartness. Um, These all sound like fucking names for some <laughs> sort of Ameri- Ameri- American football movie. Rusty Harkness, the quarterback. N- N- Noggin Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> David Sharkey. You know, so these are the kind of players that, that I grew up watching. And Who was the name of the guy that your dad said about or wanted to say about again? Uh, that would probably have been McClucky. Oh, no, no, him that was at uh, Kelly. Jim McClucky, no, what was his name? Jim McSherry, was it no? Jim McSherry, was it no Jim McSherry? Yeah, that was it. Aye, Jim McSherry. Aye. Jim McSherry. Well, come into the vest room and speak like that to us, eh? Come into the vest room and speak to the boys like that, John. Uh, aye. <laughs> great great <laughs> memories in above, however. I did get the chance to play. And again, through and go, I've no idea how I managed it. It's as if the players were letting me do it, right? But I did uh, manage to get through, couple of defenders, pass the goalkeeper, only had the keeper to beat. Hits a shot, buffed, who comes in and stops my dream for happening? None other than Tommy Sheridan. Oh, that shit. is a disaster. It's a catastrophe. Correct. <laughs> anyway, to what's your. Um, I'm on. Do you know what? I've only ever. Obviously, my legs are like fucking elastic bands. Do you know what I mean? So, well, even when you were a boy, did you get. Could, I, could you play I, football? I, I, I played for the school team and that sometimes. Mm. Uh, uh, trained with Dunbeth, but only ever played for Dunbeth once. But my my one's getting sent off in that charity game, mate. <laughs> Do you know That's... what I mean? There, there's no many folk get sent off in a charity game. <laughs> just, like, just like there's no many folk that get a 40 taken with Snip Dog. You know what I mean? So, uh, nah, there you no, go. I kind of keep calling you a mark for that, man, because I just <laughs> make an ass of myself. Um, but I was at that. I don't. Was I at that one, or was that the one the year before? That was. I think that was a year before. I because you had Lennon and Sunison on that. Aye, that was that was the one I played. Where did you tackle to to get sent off? I stuck a head on Gredo's uh, right hand man on Scott Squad. Manny, Manny, you stuck a <laughs> head right on him. He went down like a deck of cards, as they say. How did you like, stick the head on him? You know that it doesn't need to be stick the head on somebody's head, right. John. Okay. Okay. Right. That's all we'll say. Was he wheeling shin pads? Was he wheeling shin pads? <laughs> <laughs> I know, he's, he's no, his knees have been fucked ever since. But I, no, I knew uh, I, I, uh, he was patting me in the head and ripping the piss at me about So I just turned around and fucking gave him one. Unfortunately, the linesman flagged it up. Fuck. And your old dad was giving his marching orders. But you know what? I came out and ended up playing for his team in the second half. So, Bro, <laughs> I, I bet that was the best thing that happened that day, that game, by the way. I bet uh, that was I, you know, that's why I was brought back for your for your game, mate. Aye, uh, that's right. So you were. What a day, uh, man. Brilliant. Actually, what about um, John? What about you? Have you got any kind of football? In? I've got, got, got a couple. I've got to once play on St. James's Park when I was down working in Newcastle for the radio station. I got in a fight with the club doctor. Peter Beardsley I... absolutely bat-like skinned us all that day. 
Um, and the other one, I heard that you're actually you're actually the best player that's played in that pitch in the last fifteen years. Probably, aye. <laughs> uh, but um, my favourite one is, you know, the guy who's on the cover of the Arctic Monkeys album with the fag, the first yes, Arctic Monkeys yes. album. I nutmegged him, and I, I was playing a five-a-side game against him. I, him, and, <laughs> him, the Reverend, Reverend and the Makers, because he was a roadie for Reverend and the Makers. And so the right. big jo- big John the rep from Reverend and the Makers, we were playing him at five sides. It was XFM against Reverend and the Makers, and I nutmegged the boy off the front cover of the Arctic Monkeys album. How's that one? That's oh, fantastic. Oh, your mother just would be just, proud. Just as well he never hurt you, because he could have been the heavyweight champion of the world. That's hey! <laughs> <laughs> a Reverend and the Makers joke for these go. Anyway, let's get to what some of the listeners have been saying. Clark Griswold. Clark Griswold. Mate, it's a character for, for uh, National Lampoons. National Lampoons. Oh, fuck. Right, okay. uh, scored an overhead kick, got excited, took the tap off to celebrate and had a Pokemon shirt on underneath. Hero to zero. <laughs> Neil Renton says, getting a runners-up medal in a football tournament at Butlins in Air in about 1980. The fact I'm terrible is amazing. What made it an achievement was that they never had any pitches, so we played on an ice rink and our plimsolls. And that's what they say to start a saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Brilliant, man. <laughs> Douglas Harper says, scoring at Old Trafford in front of 60,000 fans. He says, I was the last Scotsman to score in a United shirt since Brian McClare until Darren Fletcher scored some years later. All right, it was a half-time penalty shootout as I worked for Vodafone, who were the sponsor. <laughs> Anthony Fitzpatrick says, getting four for Athletic into Europa League on football manager. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Graham Heath says he played a seven-a-side Battle of the Bands tournament down in London. He got absolutely battered in every game. He says he walked into one of the many changing rooms afterwards to get out of the kit and he found Justin Hawkins from the darkness, sat alone in a pair of scuds and a wrestling belt. I asked him who he supports, he says Norwich, can't pretend to know much about the darkness, so I told him I liked his Christmas tune and I thought that the Canaries looked a decent bet for promotion, Dave. <laughs> I wonder if that was the season that Peter Grant was the manager. <laughs> uh, he said, Jamie McMillan says, played for Goodyear Boys Club for years and won goalie of the year every season. I was the only keeper there, right enough. Couldn't give a fuck, still swaggering up to collect my trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Innes says he scored a volley for the corner of the box into the back post when he was 17 he said he made his dad greet he was that superb or he says sprinting past a defender and hearing fuck me the fat kid can run <laughs> felt proud as fuck that day <laughs> I heard that's what Tommy Sheridan said when you were throwing goal <laughs> <laughs> Kev says playing for AFC Christen in the under 18 Scottish Cup final at Hamden Park but getting fucked 5-1 although I scored and then carted out in an ambulance with a broken foot fucking hell that must have been some shot <laughs> Buff Can, uh, he says, I scored in the semi final for my boys' brigade, first Christon. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Two Christons. I've absolutely no idea what happened. The ball hit half me and went in the goal. I had never scored and didn't want to do so. So just stood there as the team all jumped in me. <laughs> what the fuck? That sounds, some, that sounds like somebody that hates football. I know. I, I'd, I'd never scored, so I didn't know what to do. That's <laughs> like somebody that's accidentally stabbed a cunt. <laughs> Right, James E. Cotter says, as I'm just above average amateur footballer, I became a professional footballer in the Philippines, age 30. I didn't last long, but appeared in an episode of FIFA Football Mundial. That's There's a, a story. Uh, that's, is a, it? that's a brilliant story, isn't it? How the hell do you end up playing professional football in the Philippines? 
That's brilliant. Just James, do you know what? We need to get Jamesy on the open line because that's Jamesy. Remember he did the song, The Only Fools and Horses song? He's yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And he worked right, for Satana. So is this his gimmick name? Is this his gimmick name? Or is he, you know... No, that's it, that's, Co- that, I think that is on Twitter. But that's he's, 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 his name's Jamesy Cotter. <laughs> Jonah. <laughs> really? <laughs> right, we need to find out more about that. We'll get James on the open line next week. Football Daft with G4 Claims. Find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at G4 Claims Limited. It's the Player Profile Playoff with PiSports.com. Try and say that after a few beers. Uh, PiSports.com give you the taste of Scottish football by delivering pies to your door. You can get all the fans' favourites, scotch, steak and gravy, macaroni, curry pies. Toll, you're loving the Glasgow Oyster Pack. Did you order it? Mate, forget about it. What a fucking scrum that is. Oh. Tell you, the beans on top. I, I went for beans on top rather than the ketchup. Though. Did you? Oh, fucking hell, man. So thanks to Ross and all the team over at SpiceSports.com. Supplying pies right across Scotland. If you want to check out the website, uh, you'll see all the packages they have up there. Or you can give them a call on their SOS hotline, which is send our savouries, 0141 739 9999. And they deliver pies free of charge to certain postcodes, so check out the website for details on that. Now, we have the chance every week on Football Daft to win a package of pies, uh, and we get one of our listeners on to play against one of the boys. And this week, we welcome Rangers supporter Andrew Blake. How you doing, Andrew? Not too bad, guys. Yourself? Good, oh, good, my man. Good, thanks. Have you recovered after the title win uh, last weekend? Just about. Working on a Sunday, so. Oh, you missed. Did you celebrate on the Monday then? A wee bit, aye. Aye, st- standing, look- standing in George Square yourself. Might have been a policeman on Sunday. Detail. So you know you know how the game works, Andrew. I'm going to read out a player description. You've got to buzz in um, once you know the, the player. If you do buzz in, you'll lose out on your chance, and it's the first of two wins. Okay. Um, so we need to hear your buzzer, Andrew, first of all. Oh, we'll go for 55. Right, there we go. Is there any preference in who you like to play? I'm going to flip a coin for it. Nah, whoever, whoever wants to win. Right, no worries. So surely you want to beat this boy. Right. Heads for ah. toe, tails for Grado. And it is tails, so it's great. Oh, grads. There we go. He's he's getting a bit... You want, right, oh, no, but not. listen, this is because I'm on every week now, John. This is what happens. Grado, do you, want, do you want me not. to play him? You choose, Andrew. Who do you want to play, toe or Grado? I'll go for a toe. You go for ah, a toe. Because I'm kind of... Right, pressure's okay. off you. What year, what year then, look at toe, as got? soon as... Toe's well, adrenaline goes like that as soon as... as we're, as heading, as goes. we're heading back... To the late nineties this week. It's nineteen ninety-eight where Celtic won the league. Uh, St Johnson's came up from the first division. Hibs, this was the season that Hibs got relegated. Um and were, uh, Andrew, were you born yet, mate? I was two. You were two. Oh, that's not oh nice. dear, oh dear. I've seen that. I done well with the ninety one, ninety twos when I was eight eight born. So Well, hopefully you get a couple of the players that are in here uh, oh, okay. looking down. We'll give it a go though, Andrew. Right, okay. Let's start off with. Uh, well, well, which What's your buzzer? Uh, Chris? Fuck's sake. I don't know. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Original. Brilliant. I'm okay. Sorry, I couldn't anchor something there, man. Here we go. This first player coming out. Born in Angola, this enigmatic winger began his career. Oh. Go- Chris. Jose Katongo. Correct. One wow. Now. I would never go that. Oh, wow. 
Right, here we go. Next player. Come on, Andrew. This, if you were two years old, though, I can understand. I know, I want to stress that. I'm Do you know who best. Jose Kutonga was? I was, you know, the guy with the shit in the flat in Spain. Yes, that's exactly Aye, that's who the guy. was. That story. <laughs> that's exactly who was those. Right, here we go. Next, next player here out the bag. This midfielder debuted for Hibs in the season, in this season after moving from Partick Thistle. So. Yeah, check, I know you're going to... Check Charmley. It is, mate. Oh. Well done. 2-0. Well done, mate. 2-0. Sorry, Andrew. Yes, oh. I'm going for 55, you bastard. 2-0 <laughs> 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 uh, to... Sorry about that, Andrew. You know that, but... Andrew? So that you can celebrate a wee bit more. You can have the box up eyes anyway. Oh, Thanks very so, much, mate. Uh... That's okay. Hands across Such the device. That's what I like to see. Um, well done, Andrew. We'll get the pie, the pie sent to you. And remember, if you're looking for the taste of Scottish football, hit up piesports.com. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notitfaultclaims.com. Welcome to Football Daft, a man who spent 15 years at the greatest football club that's ever been founded. He made over 400 appearances, picked up two league winners medals and lifted the Scottish Cup three times. He's the current manager at Aula, he is the one and only Mr Peter Grant. Thanks for coming on, Peter. Thank you very much guys, it's a pleasure, always. I must, I need to jump in right now, I'm not going to uh, question what you just, how you just uh, introduced him, but we've got to do this every week, or it feels like every week, uh, Toll will tell us about when he was a young boy growing up, he was a mascot, and all the players would buy him crunchies and sweeties for WH Smith, and, and me and Jim said, oh, got a right good laugh at it, right, with any Celtic player, oh, he, he bought me a chomp at the airport in 1993 on us, right? <laughs> but what was funny was when you two just come on there, now, Peter, <laughs> How you doing, son? Look, well, I've seen you a long time. How are you keeping? <laughs> as, if, as, if I was, as if I was still sitting in the fucking departure line, do you know what I mean? But I, no, I've known Peter since I started going on the trips with Celtic, but I've actually known his wife since I was born. Mm, uh, Lorraine, Lorraine was really good friends with my mum. And um, I, I've, I've not seen her for years and years, right enough, but... Uh, Aye, aye, You're a you're in this period for putting up in Scotland. But <laughs> 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 it's COVID, no allowance to see her. That's it, that's it. But aye, uh, lovely person, lovely family, and uh, it's great to have you on, mate. Um, no, so, so you've never, have you ever bought you. my sweetie before, Peter? Have you ever not? Like, probably more than one. Probably more than one. You know, we used to get at the shop, the wee man was in right behind us, so you knew it was coming next, you know. <laughs> Kidding on, he was going second. I was talking with Joe Miller earlier on, the wee man was the far behind. <laughs> <laughs> I see you got to take the opportunities when you can get them. No, I mean he was on a football switch. He could afford a chump. I can remember it was Celtic I was playing for. That's true. Aye. <laughs> hey, hey, come on. Aye, fourteen you, you, months to months, you forget that, don't you? You've had fourteen months to months out of contract. Pro- probably just get yeah. there, cat out of the biscuit. Tub. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Peter, how's how's things anyway? How how's life? No, listen, it's been difficult for everybody, obviously. And, I'm happy with the team. We're working at Aloha, the team where the team's been playing. Obviously, the results have not been great. And I can't hide for the fact of that in football and management. It's all about results. But I've always prided myself in the way the boys go about their business and the way they play and try to play. And I think the way we try to play is very difficult when you're no one in games uh, because you've got to be confident. Um, but great credit to the boys that have tried to do that. And listen, it was, it's not a philosophy I have because I don't like the word. I just think that the players I have, it suits the players we have. And we've been a bit unfortunate at times. We've shot ourselves in the foot a few occasions. But 
in general, I've been very, very pleased. And it's it's difficult, you know, as I say, for us being a part-time group um, because our boys or some of them are obviously off, off work working from home. But the biggest problem probably has been the fact that they can't get to the gym. So you're only getting two days a week, but you can't use a gym. So the strength and condition of what they have to do away from us is not possible. And I think that sometimes is that that's been able to show. Um, but as I say, the one thing they give us is 100% commitment. And it's been, a, as I say, it's been an eye-opener for me because it's the first time I've ever been part-time. And the respect to that, I use the job as full-time. And the boys are in there, they come in right from work. And some of them are up at half six in the morning, straight to, mm-hmm. and then they're leaving us to about half ten at night. And as I say, I think you need a special type of character to be able to do that. And as I say, God willing, between now and the end of the season, we'll be able to prove that. I tell you what, no wonder they're struggling if they're coming into half ten at night and then getting up and doing a job in the morning and back in at half two. They'll not get time to body sleep. Well, that's right. We came back to our nest last week, say we get in about two o'clock, and then some of your boys will start and work at half six. You know, so... Mm-hmm. But also, we went up to Inverness last year, and one of the boys at the phone said, Gaff is okay if I meet you up there because I'm working after that. I said, Yeah, no problem, sir. So he's driven to meet us at the hotel at the time when you can go at the hotels and whatever. And after the game, I said, You going to work now, son? He says, Yeah. I said, He said, Well, I got at half four this morning. How's this? So he got at half past four, goes to his bed, gets up at nine to travel up to Inverness to get us for a meal, pre match meal. Then straight after the game, he was driving back to go straight to work again. As I say, half four in the morning, you're thinking, then he's played 90 minutes for me in that period, you know. So it's a fantastic commitment to them, you know. And as I say, I just, God willing, you know, all the hard work and the graft we put in and they put in is, is worth it at the end up. It's been tough for them, as I say, for many different reasons because you forget they're human beings. See, that's what I was going to so. say, EP, is, is it enjoyable the now? The th- no, I mean, no, I know no. got... Yeah, as you say, it's completely different. Even for me, I find it strange I'm not playing. It's easy for me, the manager. Sometimes I've got to have a reality check and say, this is what's going on. Mm. Because you just think football, football, football is completely different. It doesn't affect you. The landscape's changed for all our players. As I say, some of them are working at home. Some of them are stuck in the house. The summertime is a bit easier because you get in contact with them, but at least it was warm and sunny. You could go outside for an hour, a couple of hours, or whatever it was. Aye. Now it's pitch black when you got up in the morning. It's pitch black when you go to work. They're coming in soaking. They're not allowed to shower after training. They're going straight into their car. So we'd end up getting simple things. We'd get four sets of kit because we're not allowed to wash their kit. They're not allowed to shower at the place. It's completely different. But at the end of the day, that's the same for everyone. But I don't like when you use it as an excuse, but it's a fact. It's not an excuse. It's a fact for everybody's the same. And it's not the same. And the biggest thing out of all, supporters. Right, so Peter, both your boys play. Uh, Peter Jr.'s at Queen's Park where your other boy Ray plays for you at Aloha. Yeah. Must be a wee bit awkward being his, his manager as well as his dad, is it no? Yeah, it is, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, for him as well. But um, I think that something I learned very early is if it's the right person for the job, you do it. Um, it wasn't my idea. When I came in at the Aloha's manager, they tried to sign him. And Andy's brother, believe it or not, before I came here. Um, but I, I said, no, as soon as I did the job, that wasn't going to happen. Um, and then in the summertime, the chairman came onto the phone to us and spoke about it. That the scouts not been on saying, but we think the gaffer's missing a trick because Raymond's uh, contract was up at Clyde. I believe it or not, I offered them less money than Clyde did. Um, but he wanted an opportunity to try and move up the levels. Uh, first, he said no. I must admit, I'll give him, give him credit where credit's due. He said no, he thought it'd be too awkward, exactly what he said. But the one that probably swung it was the captain Andy Graham had phoned him because they'd been on to us and said, why have we no signing Ray? Whatever, and I thought it was very, very difficult. I've never worked with him. 
I'm Aye. very harsh with him as a father. It's probably most fathers are, you know, with their sons when they're growing up. It was probably Lorraine, as you say, taking him to all the games because I wasn't there for about 10 years, 12 years. I was working away from the house anyway, so I never got to see them Aye. growing up playing football. But I'd seen him quite a bit at Clyde. He'd done really big in Team of the Year, Division 2, Division 1, Team of the Year as well, two years, um, as I say, each year. So he progressed that way, and I just thought it suit the way we play. And I think that was the one thing I had to be convinced of. And then when the chairman phoned us and said, well, he thinks it would be remiss of us if we miss out on an opportunity to do it, but, um, I should go ahead with it. But it was still soul-searching. Raymond wasn't, as I say, wasn't as keen as I was. He thought it was going to be awkward, but I think once Andy Graham, the captain, phoned him, I think right. he's put more at ease with that. But it is, it is, there's no getting away from that. It is still uh, difficult, uh, respect that, because probably I'm overcritical, uh, if I may say so. Um, and that's probably what he's maybe found, but I think he's used to maybe his dad. Peter, I have to say, I've, I've, I've supported Falkirk and I watched him in, uh, for Clyde. What a player he was. No, he's, a, he's, a, he's a completely different for me. You know, he's completely different for me. I was going to say, he must, he must get his talent <laughs> off for him. You were saying there that Alwa tried to uh, sign the both year boys at the one time. It's not like a championship team to apply for grants, is it? That's a belter, we're off, that's us, we'll start it, let's That's go. why you get a good wages tool, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Peter, Absolutely. what are yes. you making all silly this season, Anna? What's your thoughts? Oh, it's been really tough. As you know what it's like, listen, I think I was there at a tougher time. Uh, no, I was going to say, does this remind you of the 90s a wee bit? Oh, yeah, but for a lot longer. It's, it's, not, even, it's not even as close to the 90s, but it's yeah. not close to the 90s. What do you mean, oh, what do you mean as in, right, hold on. What do you mean as in it was a lot painful back then or is this painful because the tenor in a row has been stopped? I generally well, don't, don't know. Well, well, obviously 10, you'd love to have won 10, 100%. You always like to be first at anything. So it'd be the first team to win 10 because the old Rangers won at nine before. The old Rangers, <laughs> I see this, is it. We're going full safe, go. I'm into it. Come on, let's go. Aye, aye, sir, Pierre, you're, you're saying there that you always like to be the first. Stephen Gerrard's the first manager to ever win the league for this team. So Listen. That's fair to is isn't it? Hold on, wait there. <laughs> Wait there, wait, 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 wait. No, you can no, you can cut this out the podcast if you think it's blasphemy, right? However, I've got a question for you, Peter, right? Yes. And now you're a fan, or as I say, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, right? I'd like to say so. Right, okay. Now he died for our sins and he rose again. <laughs> Is he still the same Jesus? Is he still the same Jesus? I mean, he suffered for us. He suffered for us. They brought on their own suffering. They bring his own suffering on. Jesus paid his taxes. <laughs> he paid his taxes. Too many. <laughs> oh, but listen, when I was up there with Angels, they were the better team, better players. There is absolutely no doubt of that, and they deserved it. Listen, we played really well over that nine-year period. There's a lot of Celtic Angels games, you know yourself. We played really well, and they had an unbelievable team with fantastic players and an unbelievable goalkeeper. The bottom line is Rangers could beat us one nothing, and we could play them off the pitch. And Coyce and I have said that many times. But listen, let's not get away from it. The, the, the bottom line is it's all about winning. When you play an old firm match, it doesn't matter how you play, it's all about winning that particular game. And I'd again been absolutely hopeless in every one of them and won them all. Um, so I have no qualms with that. At that particular time, Rangers were better than us. As I say, I go back to the fact when we get the stadium, the stadium was 10 years ahead of us. So Celtic all of a sudden when Fergus and that over, it was at the Bulma Stadium. You know, we caught up very quickly. And that was always a concern when Rangers come back in to the, the Premiership was the fact that it wouldn't take you a lot of money 
because you have that. I always thought you could always attract people to Celtic Park. For me, because me being a Celtic player and a Celtic supporter, you could always attract people talking about the stadium, whatever. The old Celtic Park was phenomenal as well. I was fortunate enough to play in it. That was phenomenal to play in, you know. The atmosphere, I, I must admit, I love the atmosphere at Ibrox when we had this part of the stand as well. You know, I thought the days were special. You know, I thought it was ten a wee bit, even though you're just behind the goals now. But if you remember, we had half the main stand as well. That right. particular, it was phenomenal. The atmosphere... And I can honestly say with my hand in my heart, and I'm going to say that now, I've been doing England nearly 25 years now. Out with Manchester United, not one team has got the pressures of Celtic or Rangers. Uh, no, none. None. Uh, and I'm saying that, I wouldn't say that lightly because it's like somebody asking me about an old firm game. What's it like to play an old firm game? I can't explain it, so it's, uh, that's impossible to explain. But don't talk to me about Chelsea, Tottenham, sort of, Liverpool slightly, maybe similar. But apart from the, the, three, the two teams, Man United and Liverpool, with the history and the traditions that they had, uh, the pressures that go with Celtic Rangers was very similar to the rest. The rest of them, Tottenham, Chelsea's not on the same planet. Aye. You know, when it comes to, you're talking about Celtic and Rangers. It, it's just a party that, as you say, probably because you've got the league and that they're in. If Celtic and Rangers were down there for four or five years, I could guarantee my hand in my heart they'd be challenging for the league title. And I don't care what anybody says. Because uh, they've already got the fan, totally they've already got the fan bases. They've already got all that in place. They don't need to go to Hong Kong to sell their shirts. They're already there, there anyway. You know, that, that's the difference. Whereas you know, that, sorry, talking now on it because of Stephen Gerrard going down to Liverpool is he capable enough to be the manager? And this is all the talk about. Well, really, he's managed Rangers, but the argument is does. As you say, there is, there's no teams like Rangers and Celtic where it is, it's, you know, a draw is a defeat, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's so good enough. Listen, if you're second, you're last. Aye. <laughs> it's Aye. as simple as that. If you're no first, you're last. And that's the bottom line of playing it, but also the pressures that go with it, you know. I must go back to the very first programme I ever saw you done it. If you remember, um, used to phone in Jimmy Sanderson, God rest him. And Jimmy used to say, if there was a call, that phone call on a Saturday night, the first question he would ask, caller would... We at the match. And if you right. said no, you put the phone down you. Thanks, no Colin, put the phone down. Not interested because you can't have an opinion if you've never seen it. Right. And that, that was the way it was. No guys are gaining an opinion. I've not even seen anything, but they maybe read somebody else has said something. So they're saying, oh, that must be right. That's absolutely right. You're, you're dead on when you say that. Everybody, so one person uh, expresses an opinion and everybody jumps on it and takes absolutely. it as possible. And, uh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it can be one guy that gets and he's maybe just had a bad day. I, I had a right aye. a lot. I had a lot of bad days. So I had my head, it was hard enough for me. There was no social media. I used to get in and sit to three and four in the morning, I'll tell you, my Celtic suit on, my tie and all that. Even playing well and winning. I used to be sitting, it was a relief because I knew I had to do it again on the Tuesday or the Saturday. It wasn't about resting because, okay, we've won the day, I've played well the day, but I used to get in. At the time you wound down, it was ready to go again for the next game. And you were just under putting yourself under that amount of pressure all the time. I say, you know, you touched on uh, how you can't really... Uh, describe the feeling in an old firm game um, playing in one but you had the pleasure of scoring in old firms so it was at, at Ibrox too at Ibrox too my man right now you you had the good grace to celebrate in front of Celtic fans you blessed yourself right but you had the good grace to celebrate in front of Celtic fans Craig Bellamy done the same thing, but he done it in front of the Rangers fans and he got scalped in the heat with a cup of cola. <laughs> right, so back in the day, it would have been bottles of Buckfast. Could you imagine what it would have been like if you'd have done that when, when you scored at Ibrox? Well, but the funny thing was, so people keep saying that I always claim the goal because I mean Terry's running back Terry Butcher at the time. 
the twos have put a foot up at attention. Remember, it's tipped over uh, for the goal. So, no preconceived or nothing. I just went straight down, obviously done what I did. Um, and if you remember after that, that was the day the three guys had sent off, had been sent off and whatever, uh, Terry, Chris right. and Frank. And actually, this, was a, this was a game that Roberts went in goals. Goal. That's, right. Roberts went in goals. That's right. Nobody ever mentioned it, if you remember. Nobody mentioned mine's on the Saturday. None. Scottish Scott sport at that particular time on the Sunday showed me because the camera seemingly was at the side of the goal but caught me doing it. Um, so on the Monday's newspapers, the story completely changed about the three guys. I was the one that should have went to prison. Now, aye, that's what I was going to say. The three of them ended up in court, right? That, yeah. they, say, they say that season they couldn't even beat us in court, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> it was only point that. we dropped that day. That's right. It was only point we dropped in the full season against Rangers. But it was an equaliser late on and Coyster always laughs about it because if you remember there was about 2-1 it was 2-1 to us late in the game and the balls went by we put it by and the, the Rangers fans are giving me pelters and I'm giving it the old 2-1 sign you know what I mean they take the bye uh, kick don't uh, they said the was right the other way man. they got the score for the bye kick Big Allen comes in the Superman and it hits Goffey I think in the back and goes in and it made it 2-2 and Coyster always laughs because he said my best picture is you collapsing to the ground you know, and the 18-yard boxes, I was gone mental, you know, I'm thinking the game's finished. Um, but they were the memories because Coyster and Durante, who, for me, Durante would have been one of the best Scottish players ever. Oh, it was a crying that. shame. But a fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic player. But they were really good players. But they were good friends of ours. We had a real rivalry, a real rivalry, but we were teammates with Scotland at youth levels and whatever. We said they shared rooms with them. So they were fantastic boys and we always had great appreciation of each other. But at that time, it was really difficult for us because we weren't as successful as Rangers. But people say to me, would you change it for anything? I'd say, never in a million years. I'd go through all the suffering again because that's that was my time and that's what it was meant to be. I never, ever celebrated beating Rangers on the pitch. Ever, ever, ever did I celebrate that. I'd always walk off, you know, in the respect to that because I remember Rangers beat us five. And I always remember, of course, you're a wee bit euphoric. But they never celebrated the way People get about noon going to waves and that to the fans. Never in a million years would we have done that because we knew in a couple of weeks' time we'd be playing them again. Right. And in that particular one, we beat Angels a couple of weeks later, three nothing. Right. You know, because you always know there's another game round the corner and then two of never the same. Aye. So but we always had that respect, but we'd never write a headline about Rangers, we'd never write a headline about anybody individually, as in what we'd say, oh, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. It was never about that because there was an utmost respect for it, even though. I loved beating Rangers. You know, <laughs> oh, that was magic. There was not a better feeling in my stomach, but I would never rub somebody's nose in it. And, and I know what I was representing. I was representing Celtic Football Club, of course I was, you know, and it was the happiest guy like every support would be. But I'd never have rubbed it in their face because I knew there was an opportunity for Rangers to kick me back in a couple of weeks' time, you know, so there was that respect there. That's interesting, it, too. I love that. Uh, plus, you never knew who was going to bump into in Coat Bridge, as <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. It feels as if it's worse now, but then it. Aye, I mean, it's, it is. Oh. You know what? It is. You're absolutely right, Grado. It's like I don't know what the script is, but obviously, you know, in Celtic daft last night, I'm never taking winning for granted ever again, <laughs> purely yeah. because of what I've seen. And like you said, Peter, it, it wasn't like that back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you know yourself being a Coat Bridge man, when Celtic won the league or anything like that, you couldn't get through the whiffle. Yes. Right, that yep. you, you couldn't get through the whiff like it was chock a block, right? But even that doesn't happen now, doesn't it? Not you know, no. 
it's very, very difficult for everybody because for us, it was, if you're, you've got to go back because 90% of particularly these boys were all brought up or a big part of the team was brought up Celtic or Rangers. Aye. That, that was fact. And I think there was always a respect to, listen, I go back to, God rest, I'm just a period of time with Big Billy, whether it was Davey who was a manager, you know, whether it was Tommy, you had Walter, you had Graham. There was always the utmost respect, you know, with each other. They never, ever, they always had the utmost respect, but they also knew they were representing their club. You know what I mean? So you had to take some of them in the chin at times. For us, listen, look at the period I went through, how difficult it was. I, I was there when we lost nine titles in the bounce, obviously. So it was really, really tough and it was hard. And uh, there was no getting away from that. Um, and it took us to win a cup to get a leaf more than anything else. You know, that was all it was. It was relief. People said the tears at the end. No, the tears were just relief because I thought playing with Celtic, you'd be able to win a trophy, at least one a season. At least one a season, you'd be able to do it. I've never seen anybody putting a shift in like the shift you put in that day at Hamden when we beat Airdrie for the Scottish Cup final. That's my that's my first real memory is winning a trophy. Um, yes. And it's the first the first time that we won a trophy while I was in the stadium as well. I had been to the, the League Cup final at Ibrox earlier in the season and obviously we had lost to Wraith Rovers on penalties. But winning the Scottish Cup final that season, like you say, it was such a relief. Uh, yes. you know, and, and being a being a kid at the time as well, uh, you know, I remember crying after the after the League Cup final. But I also remember crying after the Scottish Cup final as well. But it was obviously different tears. It was like you say, tears of relief and tears of joy. But I don't think anybody that's got any sort of memory of that day would say that there was anybody on the park that played better than you that day, Peter. Honestly. I, I was I, I was fortunate because I had good players, I always had good players and some, I know the standard what was expected, but I can understand the reason why um, the finances Celtic got at that particular time. But I was always thankful because, as I said to you, it was called the Janitor for one reason. I liked to have been first and last out because I knew one day it would, it would end. But also you, thought, you also swept up all the shite, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad way to put it. But listen, I knew my strengths in the respect to that. You know, mine was to win the ball back and get to the good players. I always said, so I wanted to be the best at doing that. So that was the way I wanted to play. And the respect to getting to the... I missed the, the race rovers game because I was suspended. Mm. And I know the hurt that went through us all at that particular time. And I was, if there was one guy in this earth I would have picked, not he missed that penalty. Please not make it be Paul because he was such a special talent, special guy, and a roommate for nearly 14, 15 years. So that was one guy I didn't want that to happen to. But as you show, it shows a different resilience. We get to the cup final, so... We, on that particular time, there was more pressure and it was a really difficult game because Airdrie were a tough side, you know, Alex McDonald and, that, and uh, the manager. And they were a real tough time with good players, a tough side with good players. I mean, it was going to be a tough game, but everybody was, the pressure it was on us was unbelievable. And as I said, we won the game, it was a really poor cup final. And I remember half the supporters were getting out of the stadium because they couldn't watch the last five minutes, I think, you know. Uh, it was really difficult for them. So the relief in the final whistle went just to make the had one again was incredible. So I can understand the you're a four the Rangers fans at this minute to have no qualms with that. We love celebrating our teams winning and victories. Yes, it hurts us at this moment in time, of course. But the good thing about this is it's how you respond, and it always has been how you respond, and that's what you've got to do, and that's football. You know, results we can win one week, lose next week. Does that change everything? No, but you've got to have a focus and saying. 
Celtic are always judged to be number one. Nothing else. That's all they've got to be judged on. And Rangers are the exact same. That's what they've got to be judged on. Now, I need to touch on that again, the 1995 Cup final, because Gredo is a huge Rangers fan, right? Huge yeah. Rangers fan. Right, his favourite player growing up. Oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> right? No, right. Scored, scored the goal that day. Right? Big Pierre. Yes. He was Gredo's favourite player when he was a kid, right? No, right. Tell us about Big Pierre. What was, he, what was Big Pierre like? Hi, would you go tell us what he was like? He <laughs> <laughs> was a fantastic boy, but typical Dutch. Invented football, you know. Everybody Aye. else was poor, and he was <laughs> he was brilliant, you know. Um, but a talented, talented boy is he's a hardest shot. I know George Albert's not, but Van Hoydon was unbelievable power, you know. Great free kick taker. I get, uh, what I loved about him, he did have that Dutch arrogance, you know. He believed in his better than what he was, and that's why he's achieved in his career what he did because he had that inner belief. That he was better than everybody else, you know. Aye. Um, whether he was or not that's for everybody else to judge but I got on fantastically well he's a real talented boy he would never achieve what he achieved in the game you know with the national team and back in Holland and that and Turkey and whatever if he'd never had a talent but I think his biggest talent was the unquenchable belief he had in himself Do you think if Fari hadn't have been involved with Cadet we would have stopped nine in a row? I'll tell you what I keep getting back to it the biggest cause for nine in a row happening for Rangers was us losing more Johnston to them. I keep saying it, for don't for forget everything else. We should, uh, should have went anywhere but Rangers. Peter, tell no me doubt. about that. Tell me about that that day. That you found oh, out. Well, this is really, interesting. I love this. Uh, it was really strange because we got to the cup final. We beat Rangers 1-0 in the cup final. Uh, we, Joe Miller. Both oh, sitting next to me on the bus going down. So everyone's been agreed. He said, but I'm just no sign the paperwork. So... I'm in the Scotland squad going, we're going to play England in Chile in the Rose Cup. So on the Sunday we meet up to, I can't remember if it was Turnberry or something like that. And on the Monday, Big Billy comes down, God rest him, to see Mo. And I'm thinking, well, everything's done, it's just a matter of finishing the paperwork or whatever off. And then we're going to train in the Coyster and Mo are sitting us on the bus and he's turning and says, oh, man, we're going to terrorise you next year, Coyster's saying. I'm thinking, laughing. And I said, I we are going to be doing that, but you don't worry about that. And he says, no, no, we man's coming to us. Like, okay, all the best. Um, and then, sure as fate, but it was funny, because I, when I was at the hotel, I seen Big Billy stomping out, you know, and Big Billy did an unbelievable walk, his chest out, you know, and he was, that was the way he walked anyway, but I could see there was something not right. And the wee man, my Mo says to his letter, no, it's gone. I'm going to sign the Rangers with him. I just could not believe it. I just you could not on him? It. What did you say to him? <laughs> I, well, I was right. Anyway, I never spoke to him. And I don't mean I didn't speak to him. I booted him a few times when we played against him just after that. But Aye. I was close to Mo and that. with a great dressing room, as I say, yeah, with these boys. But he was an unbelievable player. He was irreplaceable at that particular time. And I don't care how much it costs Celtic. Celtic. If it's Rangers, you're going to lose at me. Give what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Pay what you've got to pay. You cannot lose at me, Rangers. You know? And I was led to believe that it happened just after when we beat them 1-0 that day. That that's when they said they're, they're going to push the boat to try and stop that happening. And that's exactly what happened. But Celtic should never allow it to happen. And I still say to this day, forget everything else. Forget lack of quality, no money, whatever. There is no doubt in my mind if Mo Johnson would have signed us, there's no way Rangers would have won nine in a row. I can guarantee that. Because he'd have scored goals in games and winners that have made us win trophies or win leagues at particular times. And we never replaced Mo it's Johnson not, at a particular not, time. 
it's not just that either. He wouldn't have been there. He scored the winners that he scored for them either. Absolutely, absolutely. The no. people don't realise how good a player he was. You know how good a finisher he was. It was unbelievable. As good a finisher as you'll see in that six-yard box. You know all types of finish, good near, but he had an unbelievable belief. And I think you're playing with a, a Celtic, a Rangers. These are the sort of players who grow with. As I talk about Decanio, you talk about Van Hoydonk. You know, you talk about these guys who sort of okay, the fans are there. Oh, this is this is my stage. Oh. You know, this is my stage. And Mo was one of them. He could produce in the big games and. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that was the biggest thing for me that losing more cost us nine. So we went, we went for uh, you were there throughout the whole of the Rangers nine in a row. The season that you leave Selic, we stopped the ten. Do you think that you were to blame for them getting the nine? Absolutely. <laughs> more, more no sign of them being there. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, but it was a fantastic. Listen, I was very, very fortunate. I'd signed for Norwich, and our season had finished the week prior. So I was able to go up to the game at home to win the, the title, obviously. And I was sitting there and I, I've never been prouder, I must admit. It was fantastic to see them back winning the game, uh, winning the title, uh, more importantly. Also, to stop Rangers uh, was obviously an extra bonus, but just to see Celtic to win the league again. You know, and as I say, it was fantastic feeling and I was emotional that day as if I was playing with them. You know, it meant so much to me, even though I wasn't part of it anymore. But I know the suffering I'd went through. So it was fantastic to see the, the, the way the supporters were. Because if you remember, we go back to 88. If you, you remember Celtic Park that day when they were all sitting in the pylons, the old Celtic Park right round the ash park, right the ash used to be around it, they were all round this. And then today's attendance is 12,000 or something <laughs> when it was about 80 on. You know, you know so uh, they used to see Big Desmond used to keep hide the money, you know. Um, but that's what it was, as you said. It was phenomenal. So you get back to that feeling, the euphoria. And I remember getting into the car to go back to Glasgow and Big Ewan Roberts, who played Norwich Wales, uh, Big Ewan played with Norwich, he was up with us. And I swear to God, it was, you know, the guys that do the coughing on these TikTok things. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like that in my car back into the town. You know, they left the car near enough into the town, walking with my hand. I was going about three miles all the way from Celtic Park back out to Glasgow City because I was on top of the car celebrating, pulling me out of the car. And I wasn't I even playing there. It was being Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> 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 exactly. Aye, but the only, the only thing is, the only thing is, it was, it was the old Rangers he was carrying in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's what it was, you know. And that's what much it means to the supporters. And listen, Glasgow and Scotland, we get a lot of kicks and that. But listen, when you've me, I can only say it for the Celtic point of view because that's who I represented, but I know how much it means to them. So right. we'll, move, we'll move on to your, your time in management then, Peter. So um, you've, what, what led to you getting into the management game? I think the biggest thing was, as a player, I knew everybody's job. As you know, as Peter the pointer, I was always talking to people to go there, pointing to go there. I knew, I knew my strengths and I knew my weaknesses. You know, That was probably the biggest thing I knew. But I knew the outside left's job and I knew the right back's job because then the information I could give them on the pitch, I knew that's what we were doing. So I was very much clued into listening to everything the manager says or what that position entailed. So in our particular team, I didn't want to be going and running pubs or anything like that. And I was nothing against that because I just, that wasn't me. I wasn't a That was Toll's job. He, he, run, he, ran a, he runs all the pubs running about your right, as you know. But, but, but that's what I'm saying. But as I say, it was for us. But I always wanted to keep the game because... I knew I'd miss the dressing room. I knew I'd miss the dressing room. There's absolutely no doubt that I can't replace that. I can't replace the feeling. So once you stop playing and 
They're like the football legs go in their respect to that. I always wanted to be involved in the, the, the dressing room banter that goes on in the dressing room because I thought it was irreplaceable. I was fortunate enough to learn that very, very early. Yeah, it's different. Football dressing rooms are different, you know, compared to a lot of tears in there. Behind closed doors, there's been a lot of happiness. There's been a lot of fights. But when you come out of the dressing room, that was it. That was forgot about, you know. Uh, I don't think you can get that in the, the workplace because you kind of go and smash somebody in the, uh, when you're working in an office <laughs> you, and you're finished. <laughs> you know, the amount of fights I've seen in the restrooms and sh- before you'd used to share the big baths and all that and you'd be lifting somebody's hair off your hair. The big bath, you were sitting having a bottle of beer after the game, you'd all that. But I mean, the bottle of beer came after fisticuffs, but nobody ever left the dressing room with that bad feeling. It was ten out there then, you know. Aye. And it, that was it, finished. We'd be sitting around the corner in a pub having a beer together, sitting in the bath, as I say, the, the, the bath having a beer together. I'd be forgot about. But you had your opinion and it was said there then. If you take anything any further, you were finished with the group. Really? So it was something I learned and it was something that I always thought I would miss. So I started doing my coaching badges. So I done all my coaching badges in Scotland, done all my coaching badges in England because I thought that was important. You've done up your, your pro licences and your youth licences, you've done all that. And it's something I love. I, I love the environment of football, you know. I love talking about it. I love I loved playing it, you know. I just I just think it's, for me, I find it very difficult if I can, to replace it with anything else, you know. I love my family to bits and the most important thing in my life, but football's a very close second. I said, but um, you, you, I always say this about uh, people that come through, like as assistant man- coaches, assistant managers, and so on. You've done a great uh, apprenticeship. Now you worked at uh, West Ham with Alan Pardew, and what was it like leading the team out at Wembley? It was phenomenal. I mean, I was very fortunate. My coaching uh, started at Bournemouth, and we won. We, we beat Lincoln five two. We get promoted and they get voted the best performance of the year, including the Premier League. But we played exceptionally well. So even going for Bournemouth, we had got the promotion there at the playoffs. I'd been to five playoffs in five years. You know, we'd one of the poorest performances with West Ham. We lost to Crystal Palace uh, 1-0. Um, but we were really poor on the day. And us as our coaching staff made wrong decisions. And then the following year, we beat Preston uh, 1-0, which was a phenomenal feeling with some exceptional players. I've been very fortunate to involve, as I say, get back to Alexi Tevez, Mascarano coming at West Ham at that particular time. The likes of Sheringham's, Bobby Zamora, Michael Carrick, who was world class. People talk about all the different players, but Michael Carrick was world class. And I was very, very fortunate to work with all of them at West Ham. We got West Ham promoted. As you say, you get to the FA Cup final. And I still think we lost 3 2, don't get me wrong. But Stephen obviously scored two. 94th minute equalises in the 94th. It's went up, sorry. Fourth officials put it up saying four minutes to go and Stephen strikes the one if you remember the drive in oh, the corner. Right. And that makes it that makes I think it made it two two. Uh, and then we go three two in front, three three, and then losing penalty kicks. But it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. We qualified for Europe. Then I, I, I left to go to Norwich as manager. Um, I loved it. Fantastic people, Delia Smith and that were magnificent. Her and her husband, Michael Wynne Jones, loved yeah. it. Really. Did, did she ever make you dinner? Yes, but it was Michael. But it was Michael that makes the dinner. Is it? That happens, uh, uh, it? But yeah, Michael. Michael makes the dinner. But Delia was fen- fen- a phenomenal person. Uh, honestly, I couldn't ask for two better people to work for. They were incredible. Um, I loved every moment of it. But I just got to a stage. I remember Sir Alex said to us when I got the job. He said, "Fantastic job, son." He said, "But a very difficult job." He said, "Could you like to go and watch football?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "But where Norwich is based, 
you won't be able to do that. But right. me, oh, I can. I'm manager, first job. I'm travelling, so I'm getting at half six in the morning to go to the gym. So you're finished for the boys coming in, then you go and do your work, then you go, and then I was travelling away at three o'clock to watch games or whatever. Within, within that year, I felt as if my focus wasn't the same. I was really, really tired, nearly crashed the car twice um, on the motorway, falling asleep because you're so tired, all these sort of, and I had two young boys and my a lovely wife and Lorraine. And I'm thinking, this is not for me. I've had enough. And when I see them and they refuse to accept my resignation, and I say, no. I need to do it. If you don't accept it, I'm going to just go to the television and tell them I've resigned anyway. And they, they were unbelievable. They said, just take a few days off. But I just felt at that particular time. But don't get me wrong, two days later, it was the biggest mistake I made. You know, it was the biggest mistake I made. But I went back in as an assistant manager elsewhere. We had a fantastic time with what my big Alex at Birmingham, won the cup against Arsenal, obviously. So that, that was phenomenal. So to get to the FA Cup final, lose it, get to the League Cup final, win it. You know, mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough to do that in England. One playoffs, lost, I've not, I think I've won, yeah, lost one playoff, one, two. You know, so three three playoffs, uh, two cup finals. I'd, uh, people had said that to me that happened when I was leaving. Um, Scotland to go down and do my coach, I'd never thought in a million years. But then, you had an opportunity to come to Celtic, I must admit. After a couple of days, I thought it was a bust decision, even though it was my club and I loved it to bits. But I just, I didn't want it. I wanted people to respect I was coming back. No, I didn't want to be treated like Peter Grant, the player again. Right. Not with the supporters, but with the club. And I felt I was. I felt I was treated as if, well, Peter wanted to come back here because it's Celtic. But listen, look at my CV. Look what I've done. Look what, what I've went that way and worked at. So I wanted to be come back as, well, he's a very good coach or whatever. He's good, very right. excellent at his job. And I wanted that to be shown. When I started speaking of the contract to come, there's some things hadn't changed. It was going to get back to Peter Grant. Nobody looked after as well as everybody else. And that really did stick with me because if you know before, when the, before the boss Maroon came in, I'd done 14 months to months contract. Um, because Celtic were asking too much money. They owned my contract, which was fine. I loved playing at Celtic. I loved every moment. I was asking for nothing. Then, 14 months later, they said to me, yeah, he was underpaid and gave me the money I was asking for. And I just felt I didn't want to go back to that again, so I wanted to be respected. And I didn't feel that happened. And, you know, as a supporter, I wasn't Peter Grant on the side of the pitch because I didn't want to be the supporter. Aye. Jumping about like a maniac. That, that, that clouds your judgment as well, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And I didn't want to be that. People say, oh, Peter Grant's no showing that passion he showed as a player. Yeah, but I've got to look at it completely different. The still it's hurt and the, the feeling of hurt. And as I said, see if we'd have been exceptional and we lost the way we did to St. Mern, we should have been sacked anyway. I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. You know, I had no problem with that whatsoever. We lost to St. Mern the way we did. If, if that one performance, if we, that they got us a sack, I'd accepted that. But there's a lot of different things going on at that particular time which was wrong, completely wrong. Um, and they know about it because I wasn't long in telling them. And as I say, I was. It sounds crazy because I love the club, as you know, uh, as the way I do. But at that particular time, I couldn't get it quick enough. Yeah, that's a brilliant story, by the way. I've totally enjoyed myself. Would you mind just another two minutes? We do we do a ninety second football quiz. No every problem. Week. So no what we problem. do is, is every week in football daft we put our guests Scottish football knowledge to the test with our 90 second Ooh. quiz. So top of the leaderboard we've got John Sutton he's up there with Chick Young the two of them have got 15. Mark Wilson Jeez, Keith oh. Wesley 
Well, I'm trying. I'm looking at questions, and there's there's a couple of English some questions. Are, some I should know. Hold on, Pierre. I'll text you the answers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to win. I told you. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> well, we've got Matt Wilson, Lasley there at fourteen. Uh, Kenny Duker and Kevin Harper are in thirteen points. Other selected scores: Murdo McLeod's got ten. John Hartson's got seven and a half. Yogi's own six. And it's a I've got tie. to beat Yogi. I've got right. to beat Yogi. Well, Please, he's he's on Yogi. six. He's on right. six. Um, so there's 90 seconds on the clock. You can't pass it. You you have to give an answer. Oh, you watched me playing then, did you? Now, <laughs> 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 listen, uh, you don't need to give the correct answer. Just give any answer at all. Right. right. Okay. Right, we're ready. John, is there 90 seconds on the clock? Let's go. Celtic's Jack Hendry is on loan in which country? Belgium, Austin. Which club was Andy Robertson with between Dundee United and Liverpool? Hull. Which Scottish champion side is Jason Cummings playing for? Dundee. In what year did you win the Scottish Youth Cup? 1982. How many teams play in Scottish League One? Ten. Who is Hibs' top scorer this season? Deutsch. What type of animal is St Mirren's mascot? Cat. What was the score in your testimonial match against Bayern Munich? 2-1 loss. What nationality is Aberdeen's Ryan Hedges? Welsh. Who did Rangers sign Ryan Jack from? Aberdeen. Which English Premier League team does Scotland defender Liam Cooper play for? Leeds. Which manager signed you for Norwich? Mike Walker. Who's the only current Celtic squad member with an X in his name? Javi. Airdrie's Thomas Robert Robert is the son of which French international? Mr Robert. Who's the highest selling player Celtic have ever sold? Kieran Tierney. Who was the Alabama manager before you? Jim Goodwin. Name either Stephen, John and Paul McGinn. Sorry, name either. Name either team Stephen, John and Paul McGinn have all played for. Hibs. Who's the only person to win the Scottish Premiership Player of the Month twice this season? Time! Does he get the answer? Ah, uh, you can answer that one, Peter. I'll go... Ryan Kent. Right. Oh! By the way. But it's close, by the oh, way. Oh, man, so oh. close. That is, isn't it? I'm so close. We were wow. looking at here, John. Right, well, we'll go through the wrong answers for you, Peter. Oh. You didn't... I, the first one you slipped up, the, what, the year you won the Scottish Youth Cup? 83. It was 83-84 season, aye. Um, so, 1984. Hibs top score this By the way, Rangers, beat Rangers. Yeah, they <laughs> get that in. <laughs> uh, Hibs top scorer is Kevin Nisbet this Nisbet, at the moment. Yeah. Paisley Panda, St Mirren's mascot, not Paisley, Paisley Cats. <laughs> Diego Laxa, not Zavi, is the only person that's still member of the Celtic scores that X in their name. And do you know what I gave you? Uh, you said Mr Robert. It's it's factually correct. It's Lauren <laughs> Robert's son that plays for Airdrie, <laughs> Thomas Robert. Um, On his way to Celtic, apparently. Apparently oh, so, apparently so, and it was James Taverney that uh, James Tavernier. was Tavernier. That was, yes. Tavernier. So that was, that was, but I tell you what, you've done all right. You're joint third with Kenny Duker and Kevin Harper on 13. Well, I'm sorry, oh, hey. as long as I beat Yogi, as long as I beat Yogi, hey, I'm Yogi. Brilliant. <laughs> there you go, that's straight up there, isn't it, John? That, that's without cheating, that's without cheating. By the way, that's him down in England too, imagine if he was living up here. <laughs> 
William Peter, thanks very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, guys. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Mate, do you know what? This has not been as painful an experience as I thought it was going to be. See, it's actually, you know what I'm like when I, I get nervous when I, when we all kind of start arguing or we start getting too tight on each other. See, but <laughs> it's maybe a blessing the sky bulb is away the, the day because, I mean, you, you know, you can me, I, I can get tore in, but Bob just goes, he goes right Mate, for it. See, in the group chat, he's no giving me a fucking minute. He's yeah, not, has he? He's not. Every two minutes I'm on and it's some sort of video where Rangers fans are fucking... Steve Adrian Durham on Talk Sport burying everybody. I know, Adrian Durham. I'd like to fucking bury him. Next week, but I'm sure he'll, kinda, he'll make up for his... Oh, I, I'm not on next week. I've got a, I've, I've got a, a doctor's appointment that day. Flashing <laughs> <laughs> my hair. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Chris, what are you getting up to this weekend? I don't know if you know this, however, lockdown restrictions. Uh, four people from two different households can go out. Everybody's back to us, so there could be barbecues. I don't know. I know that we're um, well, condoning it. Do you know what I'm going to do? I need to get this out there. It's actually my missus's dad, my, my, what would you say, my father-in-law in waiting. Mm-hmm. Eddie Bremner, it's his birthday, the day, as we're, as we're recording. So we're going to go down and see him Um because obviously the the COVID restrictions have been lifted, so we're going to go and see him give him his birthday present. Uh, we're also going. I've got ICW on Saturday, um, so we're we're filming every week now. Um, so thank Christ, you know, we're getting. I'm getting out of the house a wee bit more. I'm feeling a wee bit better about things, and hopefully. Uh, Are you alright, mate? Calm down. <laughs> Alright, sorry. Hashtag, yeah. hashtag pray for toe here, man. Come on. Listen, you fucking asked me, alright? Yeah, pray. I'm having it. John, what about your weekend? How does it look, my friend? Uh, well, any... I'm still, still waiting for the football to come yep. back. So, a, a couple of weeks to go until then. So, it's just another weekend of just doing the stuff Dang. that we've done every other weekend. <laughs> Absolutely, fuck all. Anyway, everybody, uh, it's been uh, great having you on the show. We'll see you next week. We've been at Football Daft, and you've been the best podcast audience around in Scottish uh, podcasting history. We'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate doing this. Audio Frontier.